0: what workers' compensation does, which is pay for employee injuries when someone gets injured at work. And so there's a tremendous amount of information out there. And your insurance company also has resources about uh, keeping your business safe, which is an incredibly broad topic and pretty specific Mm -hmm. to whatever industry uh, you're in. But it's traditional safety has been an amazing thing and if you look at statistics going back 50 60 70 years it is mind-blowing how far down the injury rate has dropped compared Mm. to decades ago
1: Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Kevin Ring. Kevin is the Lead Workers' Compensation Analyst at the Institute of Workers' Comp Professionals, IWCP, which trains both insurance agents and employers in how to build a successful workers' comp program. Welcome to our show, Kevin.
0: It's, it's great to be here, Shahid. It's, it's- going to be a fun conversation.
1: Great. Oh, for sure. Can you start off by sharing, was this a childhood dream to get into this line of work, or was it some kind of life events that got you into it?
0: Like a lot of people in the insurance industry, I fell into it. So my background going back over 20 years now, I was actually in IT. I was born in the 70s, oh. came of age in the 80s and 90s and got very into computers when I was a kid. And I was very fortunate that uh, my parents were able to get a PC for the house when I was probably in fourth or fifth grade and just learned to love tinkering with that stuff, which eventually turned into uh, a career. Uh, But then I met my my wife and her dad has, I like to say that he sold George Washington, his first homeowner's policy. That's how long he's been in the insurance business. And in 2001, he and a a business partner started the Institute. And in late 2002, the business was growing. And as many entrepreneurs have experienced, you got to the point where running the business off of a spreadsheet was not was not going to work. So they came to me and they said, how would you feel about coming to work for us and and helping build the, the back end of the business? And so I did that. And I also uh, started going to uh, the workshops and going back into the early 2000s, there was you know nothing on Zoom or recorded video. It was all in-person workshops. And over a few years and going to 30, 40, 50 workshops, and I started to to learn about workers' compensation through osmosis. And all during that time, they also started to transition to where I was helping to research questions that our clients would ask. Then we had a change in the business in 2008, where I was suddenly responsible for being the lead instructor for the institute and, and being the primary contact for folks. and. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes say that I'm a good example of the old adage that if you decide you want to be good at something, you can become really good at it if you dedicate yourself to it. Mm-hmm. And over the years my wife and I have taken ownership in the business and really dropped into a what I would call a formal entrepreneur role although my my father-in-law has always been very insistent, and I think this is something that that I believe with the the folks that work with us today is that you know the more employees you can have that entrepreneur mindset that are not just coming and clocking in every single day, they're thinking about what they can do to, to help grow the business and make it better. And that's always been drilled into me. No, to answer your question, I very much. Uh, fell into this my wife is funny she says she swore growing up she was never gonna marry someone (laughs) in insurance because she saw how hard her dad worked and how much he traveled yeah and so i could wink her into it because we'd been married for three or four years before i made the change
1: wow yeah she didn't know that was coming (laughs) (laughs) she did not so she did not yeah it's the mentality from what can i get to what can i give makes a big difference in in an organization
0: oh absolutely and it's Mm -hmm. it's something we're a very small team and and that's Mm -hmm. very intentional and we might talk some more about that but you know it's something that i think especially when you have a small team uh, if you just have people punching the clock it's going to be a real challenge to grow the business because you can't be the only person thinking about ways to make things better and ways to improve what you do and better serve whoever it is you're, you're serving in your business.
1: Mm. So how can business owners really take charge of their workers' comp costs to boost profits?
0: That is a big Loaded. question. Yeah, <laughs> do your we best. We do a two-day workshop. We do a two-day workshop yeah. to answer that question. Wow! So let's start at the the beginning, which is that when you have employees, there are a tremendous number of challenges that that come with that. You have to manage people. Mm. You have to manage payroll. You have to bring people in and out. You may have compliance obligations. And one of those obligations, if your your business is large enough to be required to do this uh, in your state, and, and the requirements vary from state to state, uh, some states, effectively every single business, even if you're a solopreneur, have to have workers' compensation in other states, like here where I am in North Carolina, you're you have to have 3 or more employees to be required to buy workers compensation and the first challenge with workers compensation is that both the insurance industry so the people selling insurance as well as uh, business owners have been told that comp is comp and there's nothing you can do about it and nothing could be further from the truth in fact workers compensation is the one type of insurance beyond every other type that you buy where you as an employer can control what you pay without changing the check the insurance company is going to write when you suffer a disaster Mm -hmm. and to explain what i I mean, I have a 16-year-old son. And if you've ever uh, gone through having a kid and getting their driver's license, you know that the the birthday present that you as a parent receive is an invoice from your auto insurance company for a dramatically higher uh, premium. Mm -hmm. And if you want to reduce that premium, you really only have two levers to do that. You can Mm -hmm. decrease the coverage that you purchase. So the insurance company would not pay as much if something terrible happened or you can increase your deductible where you're going to have to pay more when something bad happens. Uh, and outside of that, there's really not much that you can do. But in workers' compensation there's there's a tremendous amount and the first thing businesses need to look at and you're going to need to talk to your insurance agent to to look at this because With the exception of a few states, California, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York's in this club as well. Most of this information is behind paywalls that that you wouldn't, as an employer, wouldn't necessarily want to get into. But it starts with how your business is classified. And your classifications depend on what your business does in most cases, and then in certain situations, specifically in the construction industry most prominent, it depends on what the individual employees are doing. And in most states, there are more than 500 different classifications available that can be applied to a worker's compensation policy. And the codes that are on your policy will determine the rates that you pay, which are all based on your payroll. and. One thing that we see quite a bit in our work with insurance agents are businesses where, where the business or piece of the business is misclassified. And that could happen because just a mistake was made when it was done initially, and that mistake's been repeated a year after year. But it can also happen because, as we all know, businesses change also Classifications. As a for instance, if 10 years ago you were one of the very first businesses to be involved in the commercial 3D printing space, uh, there was no classification specifically for that. Uh, Today there is because that industry uh, has grown. And so you might have been in the right code 10 years ago when you started, but then in the meantime, uh, that has changed and you may not be in the correct. Class code anymore. Um, and then once your business is properly classified, then you want to make sure that the payroll that's included on your workers' compensation policy uh, is correct. And workers' compensation is one of a few types of insurance that you pay for up front, but then the insurance company uh, comes back at the end of your policy. check your books. And in the case of workers' comp, that's all going to be about payroll. And let's say you said you're going to have a million dollars in payroll. You wound up having 1.5 million. You're going to pay some extra at that premium audit. The challenge for employers is that there's more than a dozen different kinds of money or substitutes for money that you may give to your employees that do not or should not be included for workers' compensation. And in our experience in doing this for 23 years now, we've found that more than 75% of premium audits are incorrect, and almost in almost all of those cases, employers are wind up paying more than they should, rather than the insurance company collecting less money than they should. And most of the time, the reason those mistakes happen is because the employer didn't know how to keep their records in a way to make sure that it was done correctly. A couple of simple examples, in every state except for Pennsylvania and Delaware, the premium portion of overtime pay is not to be included on workers' compensation. Now, most businesses do a pretty good job of Keeping records of overtime because you don't want the Department of Labor showing up and getting in trouble for not paying people the right way. But if all you give the workers' comp premium auditor is Kevin made fifty thousand dollars last year without noting that fifteen of that was overtime pay, then the auditor can't exclude that uh, the way that they should. Similarly, gratuities are excluded Mm. from workers' compensation. So if you have a business A restaurant would be the simple example where employees get tips. If what you give the premium auditor is the total amount of money that employee received and you don't break out the gratuities, they can't exclude that. And and what you pay taxes on or don't pay taxes on is not the same as what you do and don't pay a worker's compensation on. Uh, So that's the the starting point. And then you have, you know, what workers' compensation does, which is pay for employee injuries when someone gets injured at work. And so there's a tremendous amount of information out there and your insurance company also has resources about uh, keeping your business safe, which is an incredibly broad topic and pretty specific Mm -hmm. to to whatever industry uh, you're in. But it's traditional safety has been an amazing thing. And if you look at statistics going back 50, 60, 70 years, it is mind-blowing how far down the injury rate has dropped compared Mm. to decades ago. The number of people getting hurt at work has never been lower than than it is today. And there's a ton of reasons for that. But when employees do get injured, the cost of those injuries is continuing to go up like everything else. And so it's critical that employers have a plan for what's going to happen when one of their employees gets hurt. And I'm very deliberate in using the word when and not if, because you need to assume that it's going to happen and make your plan and then do the work to try and prevent that Uh, As best you can. But uh, it starts with when someone gets injured, what doctor are they going to see? And Mm -hmm. in most states, employers have the right to direct their injured employee to a physician of the employer's choice. In the few states that don't allow you to demand that they go to a specific doctor, uh, you can at least recommend that. And Employee advocates will sometimes argue that's something in the employer's favor. We think about it very differently because occupational medicine is not the same thing as as just general practice medicine. Now, the treatment may be the same, but the problem that you run into if you aren't using someone that focuses on occupational medicine is that, that... A a general practitioner, I get hurt at work today. I go to my doctor because my employer did what most employers do. to say, oh man, stinks you got hurt. Go to the doctor and come back when you're better. And the doctor says, what do you do at work? So I lift 50 pounds all day, every day. So you're not gonna be able to lift 50 pounds for at least a couple months. So here's a note for two months out of work and come back and we'll check you out. Now your workers' compensation is gonna be responsible not only for the medical charges, uh, but then also for the lost wages that employee has while they they can't work. And a better strategy is to send them to a doctor who's going to say, "Okay, you can't lift fifty pounds for a couple of months." I'm going to let your employer know what you can do, and they're going to bring you back to work. So we take that person that lifts fifty pounds all day every day, and we find work for them inside the business that they are physically capable of doing. And that may be clerical work, that may be going back into whatever team they were working with before, but just changing their job temporarily to avoid the things they aren't physically capable of. When you do that, you reduce the cost of that worker's compensation claim. And if your business is large enough to have an experience modification factor, uh, which generally is going to be if you're over about $7,500 a year in workers' compensation premium, although that's a ballpark, it varies a little bit from state to state, then your experience modification factor is going to be lower, which is a, a big component of how much you pay for workers' compensation. And I, I don't know how long I've been talking, but that is that. those are the steps in a very brief nutshell.
1: You know what? It actually worked out. I asked that one question. We created a masterclass out of it. <laughs> That's valuable information for a business. You outlined everything that they would put, not everything, but pretty much a lot of the high-level stuff that they could be aware of.
0: And it's it can be a challenge, like any like everything in a business. But mm. it is so important, and if it's important first of all because of what we've been talking about with the cost of your workers compensation, if you're Mm. doing the right things, your costs are, are going to be lower uh, than if you just Mm -hmm. ignore it. Uh, Mm. But secondly, you have employees working for you for a reason you have work for them to do. And, and when someone is away from work, their work, has to be done by someone else or it, it winds up sitting on the shelf and then a project is late or you're over budget or or whatever else. And then beyond that, if, if that employee, injured employee gets an attorney, then it winds up being a long, expensive deal that will very likely uh, result mm-hmm. in that employee no longer working for you at all. And now you're gonna have to replace that individual. And uh, I don't have to tell you or anyone that's listening uh, that it is extremely difficult Mm -hmm. to find people today. Mm -hmm. And I've never known a time in my life, and, and you probably would agree with this, that people haven't said that it's hard to find good people. But what we've been hearing over the past several years is that it's just hard to find people. Like not even good people, just people that will show up. And and when you lose a valued, strong member of your team and they get pulled into the workers' comp system and wind up never coming back, that is a very expensive problem regardless of what it does to your workers' compensation premium because replacing a good employee is difficult and expensive.
1: Yeah, very true. So what big changes do you see coming down the line when it comes to workers comp business people can keep an eye on
0: It's interesting and I just had this conversation with someone this morning I'm convinced that adjusted for inflation there's really never been a time when workers compensation was less expensive than it is today Rates have been going down in virtually every state for the better part of a decade. And I was doing some research recently for something that I was writing and I was looking at workers' compensation rates in Florida, which was, and I chose Florida because it's one of just a few states where the states set the rate and every insurance company has to offer the same rate. So it was a very Mm -hmm. level playing field. And I went back to the oldest information I could find, which I think was about 20 years old, and I looked at one of the most expensive workers' compensation codes, which is uh, for uh, carpentry on residential dwellings, and and adjusted for inflation, uh, the rate in Florida for that work uh, is about one third of what it was twenty years ago, and that has resulted in in businesses growing substantially, but not really seeing a big jump in their workers' compensation premium. What we know is that rates can't go to zero. They're not just going to start giving out workers' compensation for free, but there is a question about what could trigger a change in what's happening, because the reason that that rates for any type of insurance, and specifically with workers' compensation, go down is not because insurance companies think it would be fun to make less money, but rather because they're expecting to spend uh, less to pay claims. And, and even with these decreases that we've seen over the, the past you know seven to 10 years, insurance companies are still wildly profitable when it comes to workers' compensation. Now, for anyone listening to this, You might be thinking what is he talking about my insurance prices went way up Mm. this last time i renewed my insurance and currently things like property insurance for cars and buildings liability Mm. insurance that all of those markets are completely off the rails in terms of, of increases and difficulty getting the coverage that you need it's all very challenging but in workers' compensation, it's been very profitable. One of the things that that we've seen turn trends like this around in the past are recessions. Uh, if you go back, and, and I wouldn't necessarily encourage anyone to do this, but if you go back and look at uh, the profitability of workers' compensation for insurance companies over the last 20 years, the worst years they had, uh, were 2009, 10, 11, and 12, all the way through uh, the Great Recession and into the recovery, and and that happens for a variety of reasons. Uh, people lose their jobs, and now suddenly that sore back that you've had and you've just been working through, uh, you think now's maybe a good time to file a workers' compensation claim if they're going to let me go and and send me home. There's other kind of macroeconomic things that could could impact mm-hmm. that, but what I encourage employers to think about when it comes to workers' compensation, and I, I would say the same thing to insurance agents is if you're focusing on on doing the right things when it comes to workers' compensation, if you're building a positive work environment, so you love your employees and your employees more or less love you then regardless of how the market changes, you're going to do as well as is possible, because certainly despite all of the things that I talked about that that you have control of, there are absolutely things that none of us can really control. We can't control the macroeconomics of the country. Uh, we can't control politicians who may change the the workers' compensation laws in one state or another that result in higher rates. Um, But, you know, focus on what you can control uh, and, and you're going to do well.
1: Kevin, you shared a lot of valuable information I'm sure is going to guide and serve people in the audience to even just to take a look again, to just review things that they currently have. And to see if they can make some shifts that can improve the situation. So I really appreciate your time today, Kevin. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on our show. And once the episode goes live, we'll send you an email. And uh, if there's any final words you want to share, go ahead.
0: Absolutely. Thanks again for for having me. This has been an awful lot of fun. And if folks have any questions, if you if you want to reach out actually i'm I'm gonna do it now because i've already stopped can i start again sure uh one final thought for those of you listening Uh, a lot of the things that we've talked about uh, you'll need to talk to your insurance agent about right they're the ones that can make changes to your classifications or verify that they're they're correct Mm -hmm. and i would encourage all of you no matter the size of your business even if you don't even purchase workers' compensation, you communicate with your insurance agent. And the sad reality is that sometimes you as the client have to be proactive in driving that communication because your agent may not communicate enough or well enough. And ask them questions, ask them about the, the coverages that you have and make sure that, say, for instance, your building has the, the proper amount of insurance and your mm. liability insurance for whatever you do is sufficient and make sure those things are right. And then with your workers' compensation, talk about the classifications. You might even ask them to provide you with a copy of the wording because there are just plain text descriptions about what each of these mean it's not just a a number and a four or five word title like you might see uh, on your insurance policy they deliver to you Uh, if you have an experience mod ask them uh, to help you get a copy of your experience mod worksheets that you can review that together and understand the information that's there it's it's very difficult for employers to navigate the insurance landscape period without a skilled insurance agent at their side. If you're listening to this and you have any questions or want to dig into something, you can reach out to me at Kevin at IWCPro.com. Our phone number is 828-274-0959. We've built a course specifically for employers. That goes much deeper into everything we've chatted about today. You can find information about that at Locked and Loaded Training. Regular price for the training program is fifteen hundred dollars, but for listeners of the Super Entrepreneurs podcast, if you enter the code Super at checkout, it will take five hundred dollars off of that fourteen ninety seven and the course allows you to enroll up to 3 people from your company but you don't have to go through it and then try and pass it down to other members of your team or you might just have 3 team members that are the ones that need to to dig into this there's some stuff there that's probably going to bump into to finance there's some other things that are going to be more in in HR's alley now i'm sure that that some of the entrepreneurs that are listening are finance and HR themselves. So that might just be, might just be you, but thanks once again for having me, this has been an awful lot of fun and as someone who can talk about workers' compensation for days, it's always a joy to, to share it with a new audience.
1: Awesome, Kevin, appreciate you. I can hear the passion in your voice and, and what you put together. Thank you so much for that offer. Definitely keep in touch and we'll speak soon.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Take care.
1: My pleasure.